to the Eagle Eye Podcast. The number one show to bring you all things Club America in English. From tactical analysis to player updates. We've got you covered on all the latest news on Las Aguilas. Now, let's start the show. This is the Eagle Eye Podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another episode of the Eagle Eye Podcast. Today, I'm going to be recapping everything that happened last week in the world of Las Aguilas de la America. I'm going to be giving you guys my two cents in regards to the game against Pumas, the Clásico Capitolino, that victory. And then, of course, going to recapping as well the game against Pachuca, throwing my two cents in that game as well. And, of course, leading up to the fact that we are going to be then ending the podcast with a preview for the upcoming match against Mazatlan tomorrow as well or friday which is the day that maybe you most of you guys will be listening to this so without further ado let's get right into it uh i am going to be doing this by myself today unfortunately and none of the co-hosts were able to come on unfortunately that's the way it is sometimes and um well yeah haven't done one of these in a while so bear with me if uh, i do ramble on a little bit longer than usual but uh let's get started here of course last time we spoke we talked to you guys about the upcoming games for America in regards to Pumas and what we expected to see out of that matchup. And I think that for the most part, all of us will be at least content with what we saw out on the pitch. Now, it wasn't pleasant. And I think for the most part, America started off on the right foot. Obviously, we get the goal from Henry very early on. The very controversial call that was then ruled back because of a foul, although... As all of us have seen the clips already on Twitter and everywhere else, Henry Martin does get fouled beforehand. But of course, VAR doesn't look at that. They only look at the fact that Henry hit the Pumas player in what I would argue is just a natural play of football. Like, you can't really give that. Like, let's be honest here. Like, there was no bad intention from Henry. He had his eyes on the ball the whole time. And you kind of get into these little gray areas of football when these kind of situations happen. And I know that this whole week, the whole trend for soccer or football, however you want to call it, has been these kind of decisions made by VAR. I mean, obviously, I'm aware that many, most of you listening to this is going to be familiar with kind of the whole drama that unfolded with, with, with Liverpool and Spurs and that VAR called and it just seems that we're getting into kind of those territories where you feel like, well, you know, VAR, is it helping? Is it not? And in these instances, I feel like when you get to that gray area, especially with the Henry goal, I think that there has to be, there has to be some leniency where if something like this happens, then I think then you should be okay to give that goal. I mean, besides the fact that Henry gets completely fouled, just moments before that play happens. I mean, it all happens on the ground. It's so fast. Everything's kind of like, you know, a car crash. It's just so sudden and, and you don't really have time to react. And so I think it was a little harsh for America not to get the goal and definitely very harsh against Henry because we mentioned, right? Henry loves a goal and Henry for the longest time has loved himself a goal against Pumas. So to see him get back on the score sheet and, and the joy that it brought everyone, I thought that was just amazing. 
Um, but then, of course, unfortunately, gets ruled back out. And then I think America starts to then kind of fall into that area where they start dominating a little bit, but then they can't really find that final third pass to open up the defenses. And credit to Pumas, really, because they played their game and they did it very well. I think if you look at kind of the end match stats, Pumas looked like they were a little bit more of the dominant team. But it's not to say that they actually were. I think it's just, like I said, they played a very good game. I mean, not to discredit what they did, but they are a good side this season. So the fact that America was able to come out and do what they did, you know, it it, it showed improvement and progression as to where exactly we want to be. Obviously, then later on, uh, in a couple of days later, we play Pachuca. We blow them out of the water 4-0. I'll get to that in, mo- in a moment. But really right there, you're, you're kind of comparing apples and oranges because let's be honest. The fact is this Pumas team that we played against is a much better team than what we played against Pachuca, right? And I'll, I'll get to that whole narrative of, you know, playing against a team like Pachuca at home and kind of getting that 1-0 victory. It was very tight. It was very close. And it was one of those games that was very cagey. Then you get to the Pachuca game where, I mean, if it wasn't for the rain, I, I, I feel like we would have had an even much better game. I know as crazy as that sounds, but, um, you know, kind of focusing and honing back in onto the Clásico Capitolino. You know, I, I, I got to give it to this team. I think there was some resilience there and, and the fact that we kind of just didn't go and get complacent. I know for brief spells of the game, we kind of didn't look our sharpest. But like I mentioned, I, I think this team functioned very well. And defensively, you have to understand that we did a good job. Malagón had to make maybe a couple saves here and there, but nothing too extravagant, right? So I think for the most part, if you're looking at that and you're thinking to yourself, well, I think we finally, and, and, you know, I talked about this and I mentioned this kind of jokingly whenever we did the recap against uh, Chivas when we beat them 4-0, uh, you kind of joked around with the guys and said, hey, you know what? I think potentially we have our center back partnership, right? Lee, Igor, and Ramon. And I thought to myself, well, you know, maybe that's a bit of a stretch, but as the games go by, as things progress, this might actually be the best center back partnership we have at the moment. And it's crazy to think that this is coming off two players that at the start of the season, if Igor was on that team, you still wouldn't have picked him to start over Israel Reyes or Sebastian Cáceres. And I know this is going to sound crazy and I know this is going to sound harsh, but if it isn't for those injuries, we kind of, would have still maybe been in the same situation because I don't know what it is about Israel Reyes and Cáceres not clicking because in a perfect world, you would think that on paper, this matches perfectly. It just hasn't worked in that sense. And so the fact that Ramon Juarez has come in and absolutely torn it apart. I mean, Igor has done great. And if Chris was here, he would agree that he has helped us in very clinical areas that is the aerial battle where we have struggled a lot because of his height and because of his ability to kind of go up and win headers. Then I think you mix that in with the fact that Ramon Juarez, again, another top player, another physical defender, and one that is actually trying to take any and all opportunities that get thrown his way. You somehow end up with the best defense we have so far this season. And it's crazy. And, and honestly, it's great. It, it's great to know that we have some solid, um, some solid defenders back there that are willing to do the job and get the job done. I, and I think that's the most important part, right? It's the fact that they are 
demonstrating that they are clinical in that sense. And so another clean sheet, actually two back-to-back. We'll get to that Pachuca game in just a minute. But again, I, I think on a high note in the fact that we end up getting not just the three points, but that clean sheet as well. And um, obviously we know how we get the, the three points, right? The game comes down to that uh, penalty against Cabecitas, which, by the way, when we get the penalty, I'm thinking to myself, okay, you know, who's going to take it? And I think I saw Quinones was was probably putting his hand up to take it. And I think Cabecitas, because he won the penalty, he was like, no, 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 no. This is mine. Um, Quinones did not look too happy. But to be honest, my heart was racing if it was going to be Quinones because I just feel like he would have possibly missed it. And I know Cabecitas didn't miss it as well, too. But I don't know. Quinones is just still not giving me that boat of confidence. And I know a lot of you are going to come at me and the guys, especially because I just know how they like to kind of, you know, bash on me because every time I bash on Quinones, they feel like I'm being a little bit too harsh. But the reality is he's still yet to convince me that he is this star studded signing that uh, we got from Atlas. So he's, he was promised to be this player. And I still don't see that we've seen a hundred percent of that on the pitch, but, um, We'll see. But either way, Cabecitas takes the penalty. Obviously, he misses. Goalkeeper does enough. And to be honest, it is probably the luckiest bounce, rebound, excuse me, that I have ever seen. Because it falls perfectly for Cabecitas to header it. And again, I don't know how it happens, but it does. Thankful for it. Cabecita puts it in the back of the net. 1-0 America then holds on, does well enough, and boom, three points. Right? And obviously, the biggest takeaway from this match actually wasn't the fact that America won. It was the fact of how America won, at least that is how Antonio Mohamed wanted to make it happen. There was tension, right? This is a classic one. And look, I understand these things happen because it's the rivalry, right? No one wants to lose, especially to your arch bitter rival. So it, it, it was, it was nice. It, I feel like these games have the most passion, right? We've talked about what these passionate games are in regards to the Clásico Nacional with Chivas, which I think it's died off for quite a while now, and, and against Cruz Azul, which, you know, I, Chris has always argued the sense that it's very one-sided, so where has that passion gone? And so this one obviously had a little bit more fire to it. I mean, you could see right away in, in the match, the fouls that were given, the physical uh, game that was played out there, it, it just demonstrated and it showed that, hey, this is a game where you're going to go all out and you have to go toe-to-toe and hats off to America because they did exactly just that they didn't cower they didn't hide and they did exactly what was asked for them so in that sense kudos great job did absolutely amazing um and then of course like I was mentioning obviously to Mohamed coming and making those signs to the America bench that hey you paid off the referee and then coming off and saying in the press conference that you know America got held by the referees and yada 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 and then of course the big media explosion that came off of that right the TikTok videos the Twitter videos the Facebook videos the fact that you know Football Picante wasn't talking about it then Fox supporters now everybody everybody was just absolutely going crazy about this and look we hear it from the Americanismo side of it, and then we hear it from the antis as well, right? The whole, yeah, well, if America had all these refs in the pockets, why don't we have more championships? And then the other side saying, well, you know, you already know how this is all going to end and this and that and yada, yada, yada. And look, look, it's just mind blowing to me, really. It, it, it honestly, truly is the fact that there is still this argument being made that we're time and time and time again. We have actually not been benefited from the refereeing. I, 
I can remember very little games where I'm thinking, okay, that call was a little bit dubious, but maybe should have gone the other way, but glad it went our way. In more recent times, in more recent history, I think all of us, Americanistas, can remember a time where we're thinking, what did the referee call? Why are we being robbed? And why is this happening to us again? Right? And I think some people may argue that it's the karma from the past of, you know, quote unquote, having everyone in our pocket in that sense. But look, the reality is they're human, right? The referees are human. The referees make mistakes. And sometimes these things happen and you kind of have to live with it. America sure does, because guess what? We're America. We don't have the luxury of coming out and saying, you know what? We deserve better. The referee wasn't on our side this time. It's his fault, not ours. Like that doesn't fly. This is not, this, this doesn't go in this institution. We have the highest of high standards and there is no one to blame but ourselves if things go wrong because we don't have the luxury of saying, yeah, but because it's not it's not in our vocabulary and it never should be. Because like I mentioned, this is the biggest club in Mexico, the biggest club in CONCACAF. And dare I say it for me, at least the biggest club in the world and the biggest clubs in the world can't go around and have the luxury of saying, yeah, well, you know, the referee kind of screwed it over, but Hey, if it wasn't for him, we would have won. There is no, what ifs, there is no buts in America. And I think that is the thing that a lot of people need to take away from this is saying that, okay, look, everyone else can talk about it. Everyone else can make their headlines and everyone else can come in here and say what they want. At the end of the day, America is responsible for their achievements and for their disappointments and it's as simple as that so i mean the fact that mohammed comes in and talks all of this nonsense and like if he hasn't been an america coach himself right and let's not even talk about his tenure with everything that was kind of hidden and everything that was kind of masked over the fact that he won a title i just think that it's utter nonsense for him to come in and say those things right and i think to be honest literally just kind of you know, for every Americanista that was calling for Turco Mohamed to come back after, you know, Tan Ortiz left and all of this, it's plain and simple. He, I, I think he's asked every and all possibilities of coming, right? And, and I just, I, I don't know how anyone would feel comfortable having that manager back at our institution after saying the things that he said. And it's not the first time that he kind of paints us in a bad light. Let's not forget it, you know? He's always been a very controversial person, but still, you know, I just... I don't know. I don't like it, but it is what it is. It took the headlines. Um, but at the end of the day, America wins. And guess what? First place, we'll take it all day and we move on. And as simple as that, right? We move on. We did our thing. On to the next one. And so, I mean, that's kind of my takeaways. Let me know what you guys think. Um, if you guys agree, disagree, and uh, stuff like that. So, just to kind of make things a little bit quicker, let's progress. Let's talk about Chuka. I know there was probably a couple more things I could have said about that Pumas game, but ultimately, the fact that we get three points and the fact that we are three for three in Clásicos this season, amazing. Absolutely. And don't worry, I'm going to give Jardine his praises in the upcoming minutes, but stay tuned, all right? Give me a second, because what he's been doing is impressive, all right? So we move on to Tuesday's game against uh, Pachuca in a very, but I mean very, very um, rainy Estadio Azteca. So, I mean, for those of you who were able to stay up late at night and catch this game, I know it was 11 o'clock at night for everyone in the East Coast. And uh, boy, trust me, it took me a little bit to try and stay up for the full 90 minutes. Luckily enough, we were rewarded with four goals, but um, 
still the pitch conditions were not in in, in the greatest of, of forms right we we saw a lot of what we saw against Chivas a lot of uh, you know patches of 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 water here and there and the ball not flowing and and this is what I mean where I think that if the pitch condition was in much better state then I think this America team blows this Pachuca uh, game uh this Pachuca team excuse me out of the water and I know it's crazy to say because we, in, we did end up winning four goals to zero but ultimately if if I'm looking at this game and, and if America is capable of playing their game on a solid surface then I'm sorry but this Pachuca team did not have enough to stop us and this is crazy to think because America did make uh, quite some rotations for this matchup, right? Giving minutes to a couple of players that, you know, needed to get back on the score sheet, not just that, but needed to get back into the rhythm of things. And look, it, it took a little bit. It took a while for America to kind of find their footing because really they, everyone was slipping and sliding. It was crazy. But, you know, eventually they find their feeding, the, their footing, excuse me, and America gets the late goal within the first half. Henry Martin, again, crucial that he gets on, on the score sheet. Right, it's a tap in, but look, a goal is a goal in that sense. And for him, what's important right now is building up to that confidence again, right? Um, so the fact that he's scoring, he's looking good, he's looking better, then of course that is a W on that sense. So overall, that first half, I think America looked very dominant. Uh, again, it was the fact that the pitch was very, very unstable, very wet, very slippery, that it made things a little bit more difficult. <laughs> I saw players falling over like three, four, five different times throughout the pitch. It didn't make for a great spectacular football show. Um, and it definitely made things a lot more difficult for the players that were out there on the pitch. And I mean, with that said, I think ultimately um, America was able to kind of, you know, adjust to, to, to the environment and ultimately getting themselves kind of planted. And then, of course, looking like the better team. And, and you know, it's always great. You close out the first half, get a goal. Then you kind of go into the dressing room and think, okay, what are my changes here? What am I going to do to make things a little bit different? And of course, America comes into the second half again, looking like a more threatening side. And I mean, I don't have to tell you guys exactly how it ended. It ended up going three more goals, right? And so the scoreline being 4-0, great. Um, but you kind of accepted, or not, excuse me, accepted. You kind of anticipated for America to get these three points because this is a very, very, very weakened Pachuca side, right? With everything that they, that's going on with them, the fact that they're playing so much academy players and, you know, they're kind of putting it all on the line that to, to give these kids experience and maybe project to the next season and have them be a little bit more well-rounded, regardless of however they want to play it, America had to come into this game and get all three points. And the fact that we're scoring an abundance of goals is helping because obviously you never know when these things go down to score to, to goal differentials and stuff like that. So, you know, stat padding yourself in that, in, uh, in that sense is actually a great thing. And so another clean sheet for Malagón, who by the way, had to make a couple of good saves. Um, but again, nothing too, too crazy. Um, so Casares was playing uh, center back right there with Ramon Juarez. So it was interesting to see how that partnership worked. I don't think it was tested to the, standards of what we wanted to see um but it's not to say that they did a terrible job i still feel like igor and ramon are the uh preferred center backs at the moment i don't think casares did enough to make us all think like okay yeah i think you know put slot him back into that uh center back spot with ramon and we should be fine so we'll see i, I think right now 
between Ramon Juarez and Igor. Igor has a little bit more to do to cement his spot. Ramon, I think, has just been playing phenomenal. The man looks like an absolute tank in the back. And so, for the most part, I think if he can continue to do what he's doing, then he's going to keep continuing to be the, the starting center back for America. Um, let me see what else was I wanting to, to talk about about this Pachuca game. Well, I mean, ultimately, I, we saw some really good things. Unfortunately, of course, Diego Valdez was out for this one, for this game as well. And, and it was very notable when, when he was out against uh, Pumas. But this game, not so much. Because again, I, I, we had Liberty in the midfield. We were giving options. And Leo Suarez played an okay game in that position. Um, Sendejas did, I think, a really good job on that right-hand side. But again, it, it wasn't the biggest of tests that we were expecting. So we'll have to wait and see whether or not he gets to start against Mazatlan. That's not going to be an easy game for any reason whatsoever. And I'll get to that shortly. But like I mentioned, you know, interesting. But... Uh, Look, come on, this is a game where we definitely had to come out on top, and we did. And like I said, it wasn't much needed, and, and at the end of the day, getting those three points is important. Capacita gets on the score sheet again. Quinones getting on the score sheet again, of course. I know everyone's going to be happy on that one. Again, one of the most easiest goals that he could have ever scored in an America jersey. And by the way, I honestly thought he was going to find a way to miss that, but uh, proving me wrong and putting the ball in the back of the net, and I mean, what more can I do but give him his prizes? So, ultimately, America. Securing three points at home in such a quick turnaround, too. These games are going thick and fast. It's just really, really fast. Um, and I mean, it's not so much of a break either because we have to play Mazatlan on Friday. So it's not that big of a rest. So the fact that Harine was able to kind of rotate is, is, is a good thing. So um, now that I'm on the whole Harine uh, topic right here. Look, we have to give this man his praises. He was on the hot seat for <laughs> quite a good amount of time. Um, I know me and Dylan were the most upset. Christian probably was, was getting up there as well. And, and you know, we were hashtag hiding out at, at one point. But, you know, it, it sounds crazy. And, and sometimes we joke about it. But I think in the back of our mind, we were kind of seriously debating whether or not he was actually the right man for the job. And look, at the moment, you get heated and you start thinking. Uh, but ultimately, Kalin has been able to kind of steer this ship in, in a new direction. And I mean, he has him in first place. So something's working. And I think Chris mentioned it, or I think I saw a tweet from Chris saying, the team is finally understanding what the manager wants from them. And I think that's a huge plus because coming into Ligia, you want to know what your manager is asking you want to know what the tactics are and not just that but you want to understand what you're playing for and so the fact that you're doing that and you're doing a very good job at it cementing yourself scoring goals keeping clean sheets like that is exactly what america is intended to play for right golear gustar ganar all of that it, it's it's great to see that it's culminating into this outstanding team of football that can go out there week in and week out demonstrate and perform and I think Mazatlan's going to be a huge huge tough challenge but I expect us to get the three points and maybe that's me getting ahead of my prediction here but you you have to end up strong before this international break right and and we'll see what happens we'll absolutely see what happens but again great stuff from America there great stuff from Martine three points at the Azteca and 
what, what more could you ask for? So then America wins the game, obviously, at a very good, comfortable position where you walk away with this four goal to zero uh, lead and you're thinking to yourself, all right, not a bad way to end my Tuesday. America sits comfortable up top because, of course, with with uh, Tigres' draw the following day, it means that we're, we're three points clear and hopefully looking to, you know, extend that gap. And I think we're sitting at 24 points now. And then you're getting to that stage where you need maybe probably just a little bit more to solidify yourself. I think it, don't quote me here, but I think it's either 27 or 28 points that qualify you automatically to the Ligia, right? Like, like in an automatic spot, or at least it guarantees you a place in the league. I'm not too sure, but I'm sure like with, with a victory against Mazatlan, we edge ourselves closer to that tweet from the league saying, congratulations on making it to the grand fiesta and yada, yada, yada. So we'll see, hopefully, but like I mentioned, you know, important to kind of rack up the points and look, you, you still have a good couple of games. You can easily break the 32, 35 um, point tally, right? Which would be huge for Hardinet to do in his first season. So, it, again, I understand he knows that it's a big ask of him and it's a big ask of this team. But if, when you look around, it, it's just a very, very talented squad. And, you know, they prove it week in and week out. But the biggest test is obviously going to be Ligia making it past the semifinal and then, of course, getting to the final, lifting the trophy. And then, then you know, we can sit down and talk about all these amazing accolades that this team could potentially push forward to but first things first right before we get ahead of ourselves we have to get to the promised land and who knows we'll see i mean we've been here before right we've all drank the kool-aid we've all thought about it we thought about it about Dano's side we all thought we were on sky high and then we saw what happened so let's see obviously this team has had a lot of investment this team has had a lot of time to catch up and to learn and i mean we'll see if whether or not they've capable of kind of pushing for for that last uh that last stance that we're all hoping for but again yeah i didn't round of applause doing an amazing job turning it around and those criticisms soon becoming uh you know uh, applauds and cheers for him because uh the americanismo loves when a manager gets fired up and obviously you saw how he how he got against um against Chivas whenever we scored the goals and after the game against Pumas, right? The video of him surges up or all around social media with him saying, you know, vamos, vamos, and like, you know, hitting his chest and then holding the crest and all this stuff. It, it, it's, it, it's exactly what you want to see from an American coach, what any Americanista wants to see from his manager. So again, kudos to him for turning it around and now he just has to steer the ship steady and ahead and onto the promised land. So. We'll see if uh, he's capable of producing that and if this team is capable of, you know, getting past past that hump. Um, but yeah, that's that, that's America's week so far. Six points out of the six. And honestly, it's, it's exactly what we, we wanted to see from America, right? Cementing themselves, edging closer to to the end of the regular season and, and, and getting closer to the league estate. So with that said obviously now we jump into new territory we have to think about Mazatlan and and what that means and and what's for it to come but uh before i do let's talk a little bit about what's been going on in the news of america so after the pumas game um i believe alvaro fidalgo ended up kind of hobbling his way out um but i think jebran araige uh, has confirmed that he is going to be available but I, I would not be surprised if he doesn't start this game 
obviously Fidalgo has been running like crazy in that midfield. And the man looks to have like six lungs. So I don't know how he's never tired and how he can always play. But um, I don't know. I, I think the logical thing to do is maybe rest him a little bit, put Richard in there and see how Richard, Jonathan Santos midfield works. I'm not too keen on if it's going to be the best midfield because I think what Alvaro Fidalgo produces and what Jonathan Dos Santos does balances each other very well on the pitch. And we'll have to wait to see whether or not Richard can come in and kind of maybe add a little bit to that. But um, yeah, the, I mean, for me, that's the, the biggest news and the latest news is the fact that Fidalgo is okay. No alarms need to go off. And so far, uh, so good with, with, uh, with the Spaniard there. Um, as far as other club news goes, nothing really. I mean, unless you want to count Henry Martin receiving his Ballon de Oros from last season. It's a little late, but I guess they're finally giving him his, his awards. And the club did a great job. <laughs> All the players had like Henry Martin masks going off and everything. So uh, it was nice to see on, on that forefront. And yeah, I mean no other real news and updates in in regards to that aspect. I know I might be missing something here because usually uh, Chris or Christian do a very good job of kind of reminding me of little things here and there. But for the most part, I think it's just that. And uh, I guess now we can move on to the Mazatlan preview. All right. So America Mazatlan. So America obviously has actually today officially traveled already to Mazatlan. So they're off to Sinaloa already. Um, Look, this is this is going to be an important game. This is going to be a game that's going to test um, a lot of these America players and whether or not they could do it on a Friday night at Mazatlan. It's not an easy place to go and get points this season. I, they've showcased that they are a very capable side that can sometimes make things a little bit difficult. So it'll be interesting to see, right? Obviously, they're coming off that 2-3 loss against Tigres at home. Um, but they've been able to do some very interesting things um, against some very good sides. I mean, not to say that Chivas is a good side, but they went at to the Akron and beat them. Um, they put up a game against Cruz Azul. So they're, they're edging closer to kind of making things life, life a little bit difficult for America. And I, I do expect that this game is not going to be maybe so kind of Simple for for America to, to to say the least. This game gives me a lot of Querétaro vibes, right? This is a game where you know that it's not going to be a smooth game. You, America's not just going to go in there and play this champagne football because Mazatlan is going to do what mostly all these other lower parentheses lower tier teams do, which is kind of sit back, have that low block, and kind of frustrate America, try to get them on the counter. And we've seen that in certain instances and throughout the season, that tactic has worked. So it's going to be important for America to finally start learning how to break these sides down and start scoring goals. And look, America's most important thing is being clinical in the final third. And what I mean by that is not necessarily just finishing because I do think that we are very wasteful and we have been this whole season. But when it comes to executing that final pass also, it feels so frustrating that sometimes the decision-making up front has been 
sometimes very atrocious. I, I mean, a simple pass to the left instead of the right and, you know, worlds of opportunities open for America. So uh, I'm curious to see if they're able to kind of nick this and, and, and start looking like a much more solid team going forward. Not to say that we aren't, but of course there's things that we can work on and there's definitely things that I, I think a lot of us are seeing and maybe being frustrated about because, again, we have the talent, we have the players at our disposal, and we know that these are capable players. So they just have to demonstrate it in front of goal. If you were to ask me for a predicting lineup, not to say that I think I'm going to get this right, but I do think that we're going to go with a repeat of what we saw against Pachuca, more or less. And I know it was a very heavy rotated squad, but I think we're just going to see a much more stronger defense. By that, I mean we're going to have Igor back and Luis Fuentes. Um, not to say that Chava Reyes did a bad job, but I think right now Fuentes is doing a, a little bit of a better job in that sense. And I think I, I think Dylan would agree with me in that sense. So, um, in goal, obviously, Malagón uh, on the right-hand side. You have uh, Kevin left. I mentioned Fuentes. That's the right partnership of Igor and Ramon Juárez are going to be playing again. I honestly think the midfield is going to look like this. I think it's going to be repeat. We're going to have Leo Suarez in that cam role. Uh, Jonathan Dos Santos in, in, in the center with... I think it's going to be Richard. I, I, I think he gives Fidalgo a little bit of a break. I don't see as to why you would risk Fidalgo getting more injured or, or potentially kind of risking him in, in, in any sense like that. So obviously I see Richard playing in, in the midfield with, with Jonah. And then of course out on the right is going to be Sendejas. And on the left, this is a tricky one because I, I can see Cabecita starting again, but Brian deserves it more because he's just been on an impeccable form. And I think maybe he's going to want to keep him going. So I'm going to put Brian Rodriguez on the left-hand side. Cabecita gets benched for this one. Um, and up top, this is going to be controversial to most of you. Not to me, but to most of you. But I think Henry starts again. And I know all of you thinking, like, well, now you're dropping Quinones to the bench. And yes, yes, I am. Because I don't think Quinones has been having a better season than Brian Rodriguez. And I know that sounds crazy, and a lot of people are going to be thinking, what, you're, you're mad, you're mental, Quinones has all these goals and all these assists, and Brian, yeah, sure, he's doing better, but is he just as good as Quinones? And I'm going to tell you that he is. He is much better uh, than Quinones on the left-hand side. Quinones as a winger, I don't think produces exactly what, uh, the end product than what Brian Rodriguez does. Look, there is no one on this squad that feels more comfortable on the left-hand side being able to play so close to uh, uh, to the line and take on defenders than Brian Rodriguez. I mean, it's just, there's no one, literally no one that can do what he's doing right now. And I say, let the kid ride the wave, let him keep growing, let him build up his confidence. So I start him there. And honestly, I would give Henry the opportunity to continue to grow and get more minutes here. So I know it's crazy, and a lot of you would probably think Henry gets benched for this one. But for me, no. I, I'm going Henry as a starter and Quinone is on the bench. And I know that's going to be controversial. And I know I'm going to get text messages from the group saying, why are you saying these things on the podcast? And because, because I came here and I was the only one willing to record. So I guess I get to say what I want in that sense. So uh, I guess just suck it up, guys. We're going to have Henry in, 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 in the starting position and Quinones could probably come in second half, bag himself a hat trick, and then boom, there. 
everyone's happy, right? So we'll see what happens. But look, regardless of who plays up front, whether it's Quinones, whether it's Cabecita, or whether it's Henry, they're all capable of scoring goals. And this is a game where you need to be scoring goals. So again, Mazatlan is known for having a bit of a leaky defense. So take advantage of this, right? And at the same time, do not give in to their gameplay, right? Be the controlling side that you are. Be the side that we saw against Pachuca, the side we saw against Chivas, you know, the, the side that we saw in instances against Pumas. Like, grow on that, build on top of that, and then, you know, we're going to see much, much better kind of end product. And so I think that's important. I think that's what we're all going to be looking for is being able to know that you have that end product. So. We'll see what happens in that sense. But um, yeah, look, it's going to be an interesting game. It's going to be a late one too, Friday night, 8 o'clock uh, Pacific Standard Time, 11 p.m. Eastern. Um, that's uh, 10 p.m. for everyone in the central side of things. And uh, I mean, we'll see. Hopefully it's a good one. Hopefully it's a good game. And hopefully it's a promising and entertaining one. Hopefully it's not one of those kind of boring games like we did against Querétaro that had instances, moments here and there, and I mean, it just kind of looked flat at times. That's what I want to avoid, right? That's, that's honestly what I'm trying to avoid because you're going to have this international break. And yes, I know you have Chivas at the, uh, at the Rose Bowl in Pasadena, which, by the way, if you guys are going, um, we can't wait to see you guys over there. We'll, we'll talk more about that next week. But, you know, you're going to be missing some players because of that, so you can't really continue your good form that you're going on so it's gonna be interesting let's see what happens but um yeah what i'm what i'm looking for is is, is to see an aggressive america side and, and not a complacent one that thinks that okay yeah we're top of the table we're going up against Mazatlan. this should be a walk in the park because then that's when games start flipping themselves on its head and making things a little bit more difficult so i want to see a much more stronger america side look look i'm just gonna paint it in, in, in this perspective i want to see a better america game than what we saw against Querétaro. show me better i'm not just talking like 10 12 but i'm talking like 35 to 45% better. And I know they're capable of doing that because they are who they are. And this is America. There is no excuse, right? You always have to play at 120%. And if you're not, then you're automatically failing in that sense. So hopefully we see the best of this team and hopefully we see the best of these players. And if you ask me for a prediction, I honestly want to say a good solid, I'll take a 2-0. I'll take a 3-1. Look, goals. That's what I'm looking for. Goals and good football. That's all I want. Like I said, and I keep mentioning this, I just want to see a very solid America side, right? And it doesn't mean that we have to be scoring four, five, six, seven goals. Of course, that's what I want to see ultimately. But I also want to see an America side that knows how to dominate a game and not necessarily always put the ball in the back of the net, but can manage the game and worry and, and wear out a team with ball possession and with smart football rather than playing kickball and expecting your strikers to just run after and create something out of nothing. So be smart play your game and again build on that good form and we'll see where we're at at the end of this game so um yeah i mean that's pretty much it for for me in regards to this preview in regards to this podcast um let me know what you guys think and um yeah i'll be heading out hopefully you guys have enjoyed this one and as always uh it's always a pleasure to be able to talk to you guys and and, and to be able to uh talk all things america and with that sense we'll be back next week to recap the game against Mazatlan, and we'll preview the Clasico. Let me go coming to Los Angeles and what should be hopefully a very historic and a very memorable game 
at the Rose Bowl. Um, with that said, I have been your host, Ivan. Hope you guys have enjoyed it. Make sure you guys follow us on Twitter at EY Podcast. Make sure you guys follow us as well at Instagram at EY Podcast. And um, yeah, also shout out to AJ, who's always doing things behind the scenes, doing great work covering the ladies and doing great work covering the men's side of things whenever it's game day and all that stuff. So shout out to AJ and shout out to all of you guys following us and making this community just that much better and making this a reality. So thank you so much. You guys have a wonderful time. Take care. And as always, Arriba la America. Ladies and gentlemen, this was another production of the Eagle Eye Podcast. The number one source for all things Club America in English. Make sure to follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Eagle Eye Podcast and get all the latest news and coverage. And subscribe to our podcast wherever it is you may listen. 